Yes, yes, it's that time of the week again. Hello and welcome to the EN4 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Hogg, joined as ever by Kerry Pollock. Hi. By Jake Gray. Good morning. And by Alex Grant. Hello, everybody. Hello. How are we? Not not too bad. It's Wednesday again. It's come around quickly, as the weeks often do. Time flies when you're having fun. Indeed. Time also flies when there's football just coming constantly. Quite uh, handily, that's what we're here to talk about. But we've got three games to preview that are coming up both tonight and then we've got one tomorrow. So shall we kick things off with Celtic Aberdeen, of course, happening tonight at Celtic Park? Yeah, well, I'm struggling to see anything other than a Celtic win, to be honest. I mean, Aberdeen haven't scored in the last five games. Celtic have really kind of turned a corner, so to say, um, beat St Mirren like 4-0 and then they beat St Johnson at the weekend there 2-1 and they've been performing a lot better. Um, Edwards back to his best and he's top scorer in the league surprisingly. So yeah, I think it'll be tough for Derek McInnes' side to get anything at Celtic Park. Yeah, I think Celtic are finally getting into their strides. But is it too little too late maybe? But yeah, I can see a Celtic win tonight against Aberdeen, to be honest. Yeah, I think very much the same. I mean, Aberdeen are still on a, you know, they're still on a one win and now nine games run. And uh, so there's still a lot of pressure on Derek McInnes. So his side could really do with a result. But as Jake touched upon, Celtic seem to have uh, finally sort of got their act together again. So um, it's difficult to see anything bar a Celtic victory and possibly a comfortable one. Yeah, and there was supposed to be a Q&A between the Aberdeen higher-ups and the fans. It was supposed to be happening last night, last night being Tuesday night. But unfortunately, that was uh, that was cancelled. I mean, I can only imagine what some of the questions would be. Like, <laughs> why is the football so difficult to watch? I mean, I know we touched on this a little bit on last week's podcast about the way that they play football and just only attacking from the win-backs. Because they had that game against St Mirren at the weekend there. And would it would it have been better if the game hadn't have happened? Because absolutely nothing happened in this game at all. Well, uh, I mean, it's turgid. The conditions were absolutely terrible. I watched it back on the highlights and it was just really terrible conditions for the players to play in and it was difficult for them to create anything. I think, um, I mean, conditions never help. And obviously when you're on a... When you're on a run of form or lack of form, as Aberdeen are, then you know there's a lack of confidence, there's a lack of belief amongst players, and quite often, you know, even the easy things can sometimes become really difficult to do. Well, that's one of the things about Aberdeen is that like the whole point of the sport is to score goals, and they've not done it in five games, as we've said, and the expected goals in that game was. Horrendous. I think it was something like 0.33 versus 0.36, <laughs> according to according to Y Scout. So that's well, a third of a goal. Well, it's it's tough for Derek McInnes and Aberdeen because they are a kind of club where eventually they will have to sell their best players. They're not going to be able to keep on a hold of them forever, and they have. They've had to sell the likes of Cosgrove and Wright, and um. They've made some new signings, but they're going to need some time to settle in. I just don't think they've they've done that yet, which is probably a key part in why they haven't been scoring goals. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's fair to say that the uh, the nil nil against uh, Saint Mirren was not 
one of your sort of you know exciting nil nils. Occasionally, you get an exciting nil nil. A pulsating yeah, nil nil. Certainly not one of those. The old, the old famous pulsating nil nil. What was I think it was? Was it not Guardiola? Or certainly, maybe uh, Cesar Luis Minotti that said, "Oh, the most." If you were to have the very best attack versus the very best defence, then it would be nil-nil and they'd just cancel each other out and it would be glorious. Yeah, that didn't happen um, at the weekend. It was just a <laughs> bit was, of a... Yeah, I think it was anything but glorious. Yeah, it's a bit of a dire affair. But um, moving on to St Mirren, who were at the, the other party in that avant-garde display, they're coming up against Hamilton, who are absolutely flying. Dan Rice's exceptional job at Hamilton just now. Yeah, I think um, Hamilton are doing a great job just now. Obviously, they got another win at the weekend to um, sort of bounce straight on from their, you know, last minute nil nil, or sorry, one one draw with uh, Rangers, and that's moved them off the bottom of the league. And they still have, they still have games in hand on uh, the teams in and around them. I think they have two games in hand on Kilmarnock, who are straight above them, and the Kilmarnock are still waiting for their uh, famous managerial bounce. It's that oh-so-famous bounce. <laughs> the, but the thing about Hamilton, like they played really well against Motherwell, and like they do seem like a bit of a bogey team uh, for Motherwell to an extent, but they, they have been absolutely brilliant. And we know with Hamilton, I think, Jake, you touched on it last week, that they will stay in the division regardless. They'll probably finish 10th. Yep. Because I mean, they- it's at that stage of the season where they undoubtedly come into their form and it happens every single year and I watched the game back um, from against Motherwell and they were absolutely outstanding. I know Motherwell went down to 10 men but Hamilton were just absolutely on top of them from the start and they were consistent throughout the whole match and they absolutely deserved the four goals. Yeah, Hamilton's just one of the teams though that you just don't count out because <laughs> they just never seem to go down. Yeah. Every season they manage to stay up. Yeah, um, I think Hamilton seem to be, uh, you know, one of those teams that you always seem to, they're, they're always there or thereabouts. But, um, you know, they always seem to come into a sort of vein of form at the right, you know, at the sort of perfect time and then sort of just about stay up. So um, they seem to be uh, doing that, but they seem to be doing that again. Yeah, they do seem to be doing really well. Young, scrappy and hungry, you could say. How do you think that they'll do then against um, Sir Jim Goodwin and his wonderful St Mirren team? I... Sorry, Dis- it was a dislocated shoulder or something like that. Sorry, Jake. Uh, so he's one of their key players. And then was it another player got a, a knock in the ankle or something like that last week? Mm-hmm. So it's not looking too good for them at the moment. I think um, it's going to be a really exciting game. Both teams have been kind of they've up their up their form of late. And um, St Mirren will probably have a bit of a buzz about their camp at the minute with uh, Jim Goodwin just signing a new deal until 2024. Um, but Hamilton, like I said, were outstanding last week, so I think it's got the makings of a really good game. Um, and I'm going to go for a draw, but with goals in it, not a nil nil. <laughs> what was it? Was uh, it could be anything but a draw then, based on <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Was it? I was going on about 10 years ago now. Was it Hibbs and Hamilton had a six each, or was it Hibbs and Hibbs? So not Rangers and. Hamilton, uh, Hibs that were five each. I think they were five each, but Motherwell and Hibs were six each at Far Park. <laughs> I, think so. I, think, I think that's the record six each. So, I yeah, seven, imagine six. seven each. Seven each. <laughs> seven each. Sounds like stuff. 
So moving on then to tomorrow night, that being Thursday, as, as the calendar dictates, and it's the return of Europa League football. And Rangers travel to Belgium to take on Royal Antwerp. Yeah, I think uh, I think Rangers will be uh, really confident. Obviously, they've only they've only lost one. You know, they've only got one defeat all season, which was funny enough to uh, good old Jim Goodwin St Mirren side in the cup. So, um, but you know, they topped their Europa League group, and you know that was ahead of good teams like Benfica. So. Uh, Rangers will be very confident, I would imagine, going into this one. Yeah, I agree with Alex. I mean, the performances in Europe of late have been brilliant. And domestically in Scotland, they've been outstanding as well. So I think it's going to be a really tough game, but I fancy them to get something from the game. Antwerp are performing well in their league. They're sitting second, although they're 13 points behind Club Bruges. It's going to be a really good game, and it's a tough game for Rangers, but I think they'll win. It also allows them to test their metal almost. I know they, you could argue they maybe over, overperformed in their group, you know, particularly uh, those results against Benfica, um, although you could argue that they should have won them both. But it does give them a bit of, you know, they can have a bit of moxie about them and just go, right, you know, we're going to take our game to Antwerp and see what comes of it. And it could be. It could also be very important for administrative reasons, which we'll get into a little bit later. But um, no, I can. I can see Rangers uh, really coming away with this. And given some of the teams that they could have got in the draw, I think this is actually a pretty okay draw for them. And I think they will do pretty pretty well if they don't win the tie outright. Then they'll certainly give a really good account of themselves. Yeah, and there's also. Um, they don't really have any pressure on them in the Scottish League at the minute, so they're kind of going there and they'll be able to play their game and they won't be, not that they pro- they probably wouldn't anyway, but they won't be keeping an eye on really games at the weekend. They won't be resting players or stuff because the league is ultimately tied up for them and I think their full focus will be on this. Yeah, I mean, despite the whole COVID breach that happened earlier on in the week, I think yeah, Rangers don't have much to worry about going uh, to play Antwerp tomorrow. I think it'll be an interesting game. I think Antwerp will give them a bit of a go and then I think Rangers might triple it in the end. I think uh, Rangers will maybe, um, I think they'll maybe enjoy the chance to perhaps stretch their legs and just sort of see what, you know, see what they're made of. Because I feel like, you know, they can get to a point where maybe the league has been a bit too easy for them at points. So uh, I'm sure they'll enjoy sort of having that challenge again. Yeah. And just a, just a nice day out, I suppose, for everybody involved. Go around Antwerp, lovely city. I mean, we all need a day out at the moment, don't we? So this is, it's a, yeah. this is very true. Yeah, I think I'll predict a 1-0 win for Rangers. It'll get a, a last-minute goal. Right, well, I was, I, was going to, I was going to jump into predictions then for these three upcoming games. Now, a quick apology on behalf of everybody here at the EN4 Sports Podcast. Last week, we predicted the three games, and the only one that was correct was the fact that the Livingston-Hamilton game was called off. I mean, that's not <laughs> one in three success rate. It could be worse. It's true, true. A, a third. But uh, we, have, we have polished the crystal ball, and so we're going to have we're going to have a crack at these three and see if we get any right. Celtic <laughs> Aberdeen. I'm starting to feel sorry for Aberdeen and Derek McInnes, but... I don't think this is going to be a fun evening for them. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be leaning towards a comfortable 
uh, home side victory. So I'd be going maybe 3 0 Celtic. Yeah, I think I agree with Alex there. I think I'll say 3 0 as well. Celtic for me, can't see Aberdeen scoring. I'll say 4 0. I'm going to be slightly nicer to the Dons and say 2 0, just simply because at the weekend, Celtic did make it quite hard for themselves against St Johnston. So I'm going to be a bit nicer to them and say 2 0, but we're all predicting. Celtic wins. Moving on to the the following game, the the tie between the, the two darlings of the EN4 Sports podcast, Jim Goodwin St. Midden and Brian Rice's Hamilton. We all we all thinking a draw but a score draw for this? Yeah, I think so. That's what I'm gonna go with. I'll say two two. Yeah, I think um I've Jake just took the words right out of my mouth. I think two two is probably uh, what we're looking at here. Uh I think I'll be a bit different and I'll go for I think Brian Rice's side of take it. Give it a 2 1 to Hamilton. I'm going to even things up then and say 2 1 to St. Mitten. Which you could definitely. Slip right down the middle. Exactly. So we're all about balance. And then finally, uh, the game that we just touched on Royal Antwerp and Rangers. Uh, Kerry already said 1 0, and I'm inclined to agree with her. I think Rangers will, will squeak it 1 0. Perhaps a good performance, but maybe not an emphatic result, but a win's a win's a win. And I think they'll win 1 0. I think I'm going to go a little different, but along the same lines, I think I'll go two one Rangers. I think um, I think Antwerp might manage to get themselves a goal, but in the end, I think Rangers will be a little too strong for them. Yeah, I think Rangers will win. Um, I'll go two 0 two 0 Rangers. So there you go, Royal Antwerp fans. That means that you're absolutely going to smack them. <laughs> <laughs> with our track record, that's very possible. Yes. Uh, so moving on now to. Some of the some of the games that are coming up this weekend. Is there anything looking down the fixture list that draws you in, perhaps entices you a little bit? I'm looking at this Aberdeen Kilmarnock game, and I think it could be a little bit of a dicey affair because, like, I know we talked him up last week, and that he was going to do absolutely wonderful <laughs> things. He was going to change the fortunes of Kilmarnock, but it's not really happened so much for Tommy Wright yet. I mean, granted, his second game was against Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't really put too much stock into that, but um, you know, I still think in the short term it will be a good appointment for Kilmarnock. It will definitely get them out of the mire. Yeah, I mean, I think for um, for Tommy Wright, I mean, we couldn't really be asking for probably a better game than for Kilmarnock to be facing Aberdeen at the weekend because you know, as we've already touched upon, Aberdeen are in a quite dreadful run of form. And you know, can't see that getting any better against Celtic. So um, by the time uh, by the time Kilmarnock travel to Pataudry at the weekend, it could well be one in ten, one win in ten for Aberdeen. So it'll be a good chance for Tommy Wright to possibly get his first win under his belt. Uh, no, I agree with Alex. I think Kilmarnock will be happy that they're going to Aberdeen this weekend, given their recent run of form. Um, however, you just never know with Kilmarnock; they've been kind of started the season all right but then they've ended up in this relegation battle and you know with their new manager I know he hasn't been performing yet and I'm not going to say those words that we relied on last week but you never know um, Aberdeen's problems in front of goal might mean that Kelly could nick it but it's a really tough one to call it's, it's almost like one of those games where both teams could lose <laughs> it wouldn't even surprise me <laughs> again like another just avant-garde display of <laughs> So you've got that game. You've also got Motherwell St. Johnson, which is really quite interesting. Motherwell really haven't 
you could almost say they really haven't experienced that new manager bounce under Graham Alexander yet. St. Johnson as well are usually quite a well-organized side. So again, another one of these kind of dicey affairs where you really don't know what way it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I've been quite impressed with St. Johnson this season so far, to be honest. Um, I think they're set up well. Um, Sean Rooney um, has been performing really well for them. I think he scored like three in his last four games and he's playing from right back and I just think the way they're playing at the minute um, and the way they're set up, I think they'll I think they'll go and get a result against Motherwell. Yeah, I think um, St Johnston sort of um, they had a difficult start to the season under Callum Davidson, but um, you know they've sort of pulled it back together and obviously they've got a cup final to look forward to in just a week or so. So um, they'll be looking to go into that with their you know heads up high and. So your full round of fixtures then at the weekend, St. Ben Livingston, Motherwell St. Johnson, Hebs Hamilton, Aberdeen Kilmarnock, Rangers Dundee United on Sunday, and also on Sunday, Ross County face Celtic. Now for the second part of the show, we are going to discuss some of the other things that are happening on EN4 News, the sports department today, and at the top of this list with a little love heart eyes emoji, it says Jim Goodwin. We spoke about him a lot on the show. This week, and Jake, I believe that you're writing a piece on the great man. I am. Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, he's just signed a new deal as St Mirren manager. So, I thought it would be a good opportunity to speak to some St Mirren fans about his time in charge and um, if they're happy about the appointment, which they are, we thought they would be. Um, and, you know, they've told me about how they're enjoying his style of play and the, he's got. The, back, the full backing of all the fans. So, yeah, it's a really good piece. Yeah, he's got some great other projects going as well with some things with the fans as well and some things higher up with the board. So it does look like he's going to be there for a very long time and he's he's doing wonderful, wonderful stuff. I think I think part of the new contract is he's now the highest paid manager in St Mirren's history. Yeah. So I guess that's, a, you know, that is a tremendous show of faith from the St Mirren board. I think... Um, He's only going to get better as a manager. I mean, he's shown he's improved already since his time at Alawa. He's probably taken his experience from being at Alawa and working with a smaller budget and brought it to St Mirren. And he's only 39. And I just think that he's going to, he's probably one of the best, if not the best up and coming manager in the country. So it's a real count for St Mirren to get him for another three years. Yeah. And did they not say as well, though, that um, he was unhappy with the success rate at St Mirren? I know he is the manager, he's been there for a couple of seasons, but it'll be interesting to see how he's going to change that and what kind of, how he'll bring some success possibly to the club throughout the next few seasons he's there. Yeah, well, I mean, the highest ever finished in Premiership history since it changed to the Scottish Premiership is eighth. And I mean, they're on track to finish in the top half this season. So I think he's doing a really good job at doing that. Well, that's the thing. I can't remember if it was Goodwin or if it was the previous manager that said the other year, oh, St Mirren, yeah, we can finish fourth this year. And people just kind of looked at me and went... Aye, all right. But, yeah. like, why not? You know, if you're, you know, you're playing football, you might as well do as well as possible. You know, they may be, they're definitely on track to get their uh, best league finish in a while. And I guess the next step for them, perhaps next season, is looking at perhaps taking a trophy to the club. And then after that, world domination. Champions of Europe. I wouldn't be good about making predictions like that, given our track record. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows, if we keep, we keep saying things like that, one of them, one of them will eventually come true. Well, St Mirren winning the Champions League 
would uh, do wonders for the Scottish coefficient in Europe. And I believe, Jake, you're very busy little bee this week. You're also writing a piece on the UEFA coefficients. Now, I do understand that talking about coefficients can occasionally be quite dry. So, Jake, if you can give it as much vim, vigour, and as gusto as possibly... UEFA coefficients, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll certainly try. Um, it's good news for fans of Scottish football. I mean, Rangers are obviously still playing in Europe, but we have ranked quite highly over the past couple of seasons above countries like Portugal. And last season, we amassed more points than France. So we're heading in the right direction. And this article that I've been working on has spoke to um, a member of a Rangers podcast panel. Um, from the club at 22, which is a Rangers podcast. Mm -hmm. And he is very knowledgeable about all the Scottish coefficient and how Rangers performances in Europe will have an impact on that. Yeah, that'll be out later on today. Right. So we move on from the humdrum of the UEFA coefficients. And very excitingly, our very own Kerry Pollock is doing a bit of a quiz. Um, Yeah. So the quiz is going to be based on Scottish sports. Uh, and I've got a, an example question for you, so if you set up for it. Oh, no. Go for it. Let's, Go let's on. This could get interesting. So I didn't actually know this either, but we can see if any of you know. So on the 4th of October 2003, Celtic and Rangers played. And between both starting lineups, there was only one Scottish player. Who was it? Um, <sighs> Barry Ferguson? Nope. No, but I don't think it's going to be someone more obscure. No, I don't know. No, no, nothing. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait. <laughs> Jake's Googling it. No, definitely <laughs> not. But I've currently forgotten the name of every footballer. <laughs> well, I was thinking like Kirk Broadfoot or something. He was a bit later. Um, no, you're right. I can't. It, Davey no Weir. It was Jackie McNamara. Oh. oh. There we go. Oh. See? There we go. Well, hopefully... You'll do a bit better on the quiz, listener, than, than <laughs> us that us are doing a football podcast and can't remember the names of any footballers. Those <laughs> uh, aren't our strong point. <laughs> apparently not, no. So you can find that quiz and much more wonderful sports content, wonderful sports content, even if I do say so myself, over at en4news.com. But that's it for this week's EN4 Sports Podcast. I've been David Hogg, joined by Kerry Pollock. Thank you. Joined by Jake Gray. Thank you, David. And Alex Grant. Thank you. You can get in touch with us on the Twitters at EN4 News and on the Instagrams at EN4 News Online. That's been it for the EN4 Sports Podcast, and we'll see you on en4news.com. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>